Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How is everybody doing tonight? I hope all is well. And welcome to another edition of... This just does not look quite right. The C Report, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I am your host, Mr. C, as per usual. And we are live here this evening on this Thursday evening, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, July 28th, 2022. I hope all is well in your neck of the woods and on your side of the screen and that you guys are ready for another day of news, current events, headlines, and views, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great, great afternoon this afternoon. Oh man, just came off of a great dinner and I'm ready to uh, get into today's story. The stories with you guys today, we've got uh, quite a few things to cover. Um, I was like, well, how are we going to do this today? I kind of wanted to do like uh, a quick smackdown, rundown, showdown of like a whole bunch of headlines, you know, but you guys, if you know me, right, if you know me, I just can't do that all the time because if I start to read an article uh, in a series of articles, like say if I picked 20 articles, right, that I wanted to share with you guys here on the C-Report in one episode, first of all, you know that episode's probably going to last at least six hours, right? But if I start to read one article and then I find like linked articles and I find older information, I just, I got to dig into it, you know, I guess that's why... This show is uh, more in geared with like a report style show, you know, so we don't just kind of give you the headlines and, uh, you know, a lightly sauced platter. Uh, Got to kind of dig into it just a little bit, guys, as much as I would like to try. As much as I would like to try to just deliver you 30 headlines in three hours, it's just never going to happen. But either way, so you're probably like, oh, what you got going on today there, Mr. C? I mean, I had pulled... So many stories I wanted to share with y'all today, but of course, must crystallize it down to those um, those uh, gems of information and insight that I think have great import at this time, at least for the things that we are uh, seeing, witnessing, experiencing uh, in our daily lives and with uh, all of these crosswise and uh, counterfeit administrations that are fraudulently uh, scalping, raiding, destroying our nation. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, that is that for a fact. But got some pretty good stuff either way, I would have to say. We'll talk a little bit about President Trump suing CNN. Uh, we'll talk, uh, well, you know, you, you guys probably don't even need to guess. A lot of election integrity stories coming out as we have several more counties, count them, counties, several more counties across this nation 
uh, from coast to coast, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, the GOP um, party of that county is moving to decertify the 2020 election. So we're getting a lot more uptick in that regard. Now, I think the question that many people would probably have to ask or maybe consider asking, this is not a question I would ask, but many people would ask this question. Will decertification get us anywhere, ladies and gentlemen? Will decertification get us anywhere? So I'd like you to think about that question, ladies and gentlemen, as we do some real quick housekeeping as we are pretty much at the end of the month, guys, can you believe we are about to enter into August? Like T minus like what? Three days or so? Two days? Three days. Three days. Four days if you want to be technical. Four days if you want to count Monday as your last day or your first day in August, right? Three days till August, guys. 2022 has come and flown by so quick. And uh, with that in mind, uh, you know, I would encourage you guys, if you are so interested, to stop by Mr. C TV online store. That's Shop Mr. C TV. Uh, best way to access that, go to thecreport.com. Uh, click on the store button, and it will take you immediately to Shop Mr. C TV, where you can support this broadcast and also support your nation with some uh, some wares, some swag, some home goods, whatever might float your boat, ladies and gentlemen. We've got it all, including our Political Truth line of merchandise that uh, is fun, fashionable, and educational, at least I would like to think so. I mean, come on, imagine going to a theme park and standing in line with a shirt like that, right? Or with a shirt like this, and then when you have someone standing behind you, they're reading all of that information. I mean, they're going nowhere for 30 minutes to an hour in that line, so you might as well, you know, give them something to think about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, or, or, or maybe uh, even send those students off to class with some thought-provoking, insightful wear. Ladies and gentlemen, if you visit that store right now and you enter in promo code 1776REBORN, you can get a 17% discount off of all Mr. C merchandise. We definitely have some new designs in the works, ladies and gentlemen, and then they keep those designs flowing. And they're only going to get better and better and funnier and funnier, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, if not funnier, at least a little bit more provocative. Promo code 1776 Reborn at the checkout, and you can get 17% off of your Mr. C merchandise at Shop Mr. C TV. Another word, and again, ladies and gentlemen, visit thecreport.com, click on that store button, and it will take you right over. All right. So if you're joining us live over on pill.net, the foxhole.app, twitch.tv, rumble.com, clouthub.app, or we're also on Trovo and Odyssey today. Uh, thank you for joining us this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you are in this nation. Please make sure to hit the like and or subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up or a rumble. If you uh, like the work, if you dig what I'm doing here at thecreport.com, it's much appreciated. Had had a pretty big uptick. For me, it was a pretty big uptick, okay? And uh, I think subscribers over at um, Rumble this past, this past week, this 
past ongoing week that we're currently in jumped over 10 in like a matter of two or three days. So I was like, whoa, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I did or showed, but apparently some people liked it. And so we had that tag on. So, you know, share this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would say, hey, go over to our Rumble page and uh, share the clips of the show. We clip out our shows uh, here and there and again. Actually, I got another round of show clips that will probably be hitting the Rumble page before the end of the weekend. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, because because it is a one man band here over at Mr. CTV. It's like, you know, website updates, uh, researching content for the reports and for Lone Star News, uh, organizing and coordinating for other shows uh, such as This Is News or See in the Dark, uh, plus creating merchandise, plus clipping out episodes, plus keeping up with my social media, plus designing new designs, plus making new artwork, plus making new videos, plus making, yeah, yeah, it gets, uh, it is, uh, it could definitely be a 24 hour job if I were inhuman and I could keep myself awake and focused that long. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to do here on this side of the screen, ladies and gentlemen. So I only wish I could get you the clips in a much timelier fashion. Uh, say, say like, say as soon as this show's over within the next three to four hours, some clips are rolling out to, uh, you know, support the, uh, current day's broadcast, but, uh, we'll get there, ladies and gentlemen, we will get there. You know, I, I always like to bite off more than I can chew. It's like my mama always used to say, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, son. <laughs> Anyways, guys, and do I have an appetite for content? So let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, do I have an appetite for content? Uh, but either way, guys, so if you're joining us over on those, uh, any of those platforms I've mentioned, please, by all means, share the show, share the clips, get them out on your social media networks uh, so that this way, uh, um, greater America will begin to learn about the phenom known as Mr. C. Aha! Yes, that's right. I did say that. I didn't mean it, but I said it. <laughs> And I usually say what I mean. But anyhow, guys, I'm just being a little bit silly with you guys at the start of today's show. Uh, did y'all have enough time to think about that question I asked now is what I'm kind of wondering, right? Did y'all have enough time to think about that question? My question again being, do we believe, and I'm going to say we because, you know, I just, you know, it's not as pretentious sounding to me, but do we believe that decertification will get us anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, or is it a lost cause? You know, uh, I think that's a very, very, very important question to entertain. Actually, you know, actually, I should be uh, extremely straightforward with this uh, because I know where I stand on that side of the equation, or I should say on that side of the barrel. It's a loaded question, Mr. C. Do you believe that decertification will get us anywhere? I mean, for the historical marks that um, the moves are making, the movement is making in regards to refuting what took place in 2020, uh, I would say absolutely in that manner, it's a great thing. But will decertification bear the fruit of restoring this republic and uh, bringing down the deep state globalist apparatus that has been in place, draining the swamp till it's undrainable, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, I really do believe that the swamp was pretty drained. I would say, I would say, uh, since 
President Trump has been optically speaking out of office. And you guys know what I mean by optically speaking, right? Because I've said it so many times when I'm like, well, President Trump isn't in office anymore, optically speaking. You know, obviously what I mean when I say optically speaking, as far as optics go, as far as uh, what we see based on what is shown to us, optically speaking, President Trump is not in office anymore. Is President Trump still our president? Oh, hell yeah, he's still our president, ladies and gentlemen. The man never conceded. The man did not lose the race. The man was um, was um, uh, robbed of his office, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, he's still the president. At least he's still my president, you know? And um, so optically speaking... Ladies and gentlemen, optically speaking, it's kind of where I was going with that, that, um, well, you know, as far as the certification goes, optically speaking, it, um, it really does, uh, it, it really does flower the landscape with, um, the, uh, the modus of, the GOP and the grassroots, right? Uh, we're see, we're, it's just like when you vote, right? I mean, as long as your vote's not thrown out, as long as your vote is not erased, right? As long as someone didn't vote in your place, okay? Uh, as Like, when you vote, there is a record of where one stands. It's like I used to tell my dad, or at least a couple of times, I was like, well, you have to vote. Because this way, if they are cheating, if they are stealing elections, at least, say, they figure it out, there will be an accurate count of where you stood. Again, barring that your vote wasn't thrown out, that someone didn't vote in your place, or that they erased your vote, you know? Because uh, I've been wanting to check out my voting record. But, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, some states have it. It's, it's easier to access your voting record in some states than others. In Texas, man, I was on that Secretary of State's website trying to figure out my voting record for a good amount of hours. I was just basically getting sent in circles and circles into dead links and to broken links and to web pages that had absolutely nothing to do with voting record or voting history. So uh, I'm like, do I have to send a FOIA just to get my voting record, right? My history of voting? Don't even let, don't even let me find out I've been voting since like 1999 or something like that. Because that would just be, oh, 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 that's how Ron Nuremberg got back in San Antonio. Oh, 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 that's how we got, uh, you know, uh, some crazy, um, some crazy progressive mayor in Austin. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the uh, townships I've lived, uh, the cities I've lived in the longest in my life. Um... But yeah, you know, actually I was in San Marcos for a while too. But anyhow, that's besides the point. But but returning to the question, returning to the question, would decertification bear the fruits of restoring this republic and totally decimating the um, deep state establishment globalist apparatus? Or is it going to be done by some other means? Well, you know, my answer to that, ladies and gentlemen, bold-faced is absolutely the road to decertification would be a far better road to travel, at least in my opinion. Now, of course, you know, everyone has their theories and everyone has their um, observations. Uh, I don't see why there could not be a hybrid theory, you know, like say like you get um, uh, 
devolution, uh, decertification, um, uh, Jasara, Nasara. So you get all, I mean, there could be a hybrid version of all of that. I mean, all of that could actually be happening at one time. You know, all of that could hap be happening right now. Like everything from decertification to devolution to Jasara, Nasara, if you want to go there. And I don't push Jasara, Nasara. Um, necessarily, ladies and gentlemen, because um, I couldn't follow the documents of Jasara Nasara once it got past the courtrooms back in the 90s, I think. And then after that, uh, there was no documents to, that further supported that Jasara Nasara was actually going down. It's the only reason why I don't talk about things like that, although I could dig into it a little bit more. I'm not afraid to. And uh, if I were to find some information that would be useful to that idea, uh, then absolutely I would share it with you guys. But uh, la last I heard about that, uh, it wasn't even up to 99, 2000, 2001 yet during the, um, during the uh, um, terrorist attacks in New York City in 2001, 9-11. Um, because supposedly there was uh, some mix in there with Jasara Nasara that had to do with that. And, you know, supposedly that's why they blew up the towers, etc. Besides stealing all of the loot underneath the towers, besides uh, doing all of these other things, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, like, well, what else? Uh, 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 the money that the IRS had been funneling into black projects that was coming out like billions of dollars had gone missing and they finally figured out that they had no way of tracking it. Like, And that could actually all be hybrid theory too. I mean, all of that could have been happening at the same time as well. Everything could have been happening at the same time as well. Just like decertification, devolution, Jasara Nasara. But to say, I think... I will uh, boldly state to say that decertification would bear no fruits and we have to put all of our faith in one of those other baskets, I think is a total. Why would you say that? You know, don't we see the value of decertification? Don't we see the value of the audits? I mean, even if decertification does not get America to the point of kicking illegitimate Joe and his regime out and uh, ousting all of these um, treasonous um, um, uh, selected officials, you know, um, think about the wealth of knowledge, insight, wisdom, and experience that will be gained from this path that we have walked, you know, as far as decertification goes. Aurelius Locke in the audience says, decertification plants the seeds for other means. Indeed, it does. How are you doing this afternoon, Aurelius? Good to see you. Hey, Carrie Lake, how are you? Thank you for gifting that cookie. Yum, yum, yum. Hi, I'm Mr. C. You are appreciated. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sweetie. Disco Ball Chaser, thank you for dropping the links in the chat room. Good afternoon. Don't fall asleep now. Don't get the meat sweats. And Railanon, good afternoon, buddy. Thank you for the 117 gold pills. Always good to see you, my friend. Always, always, always. So, you know, as I'm saying, or I should say, as Aurelius Locke says, the certification plants the seeds for other means. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that because um, think about it this way. Let's just take, let's just take the idea of devolution, Okay. Um, and let's assume that uh, none of us went anywhere, did anything with decertification or audits. Like, let's assume the American people were just like, ah, we'll forget about 2020 in uh, three to six months, probably exactly like the establishment was expecting us to do, you know? 
Um, and then the military came in and saved us, but we don't care about our elections. We don't care about 2020. We don't care about uh, proving the fraud was wrong. And then so uh, what would have happened? Uh, the military would have swooped in and saved our asses like, uh, you know, someone, uh, Lone, Lone Ranger and his horse silver, Kayo Silver, right? Kayo Silver away! And, and then they would have handed off the baton to an incomplacent, or sorry, to a complacent and to a uh, otherwise lackluster patriot filled pe- not even patriots right just people about americans who don't care they're gonna be like we did all of this work we did all of this work behind the scenes we did all of our pea was it presidential emergency orders or whatever we did all of this stuff we risked our lives you know we defeated the deep state in america we just about took out all of the the uh the tentacles throughout the globe and you americans don't even care so uh, as Aurelius Locke says, it's multi-pronged. Each part makes a whole. Yes, sir. I think you know exactly where I'm going with this, Mr. Aurelius Locke. So I would absolutely have to agree with that, you know. I mean, we honestly cannot rest our laurels on devolution, even though it would seem that that is exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Like if you were to, you know, read the Devolution series, right, by Patel Patriot, he's over on the Foxhole now. So you guys can go check out his channel, read his series, and, and you can see. I mean, it's, it's explained with documentation. You know, it's got all of the receipts for the most part there. Um, I know some people have some questions about some of the ideas um, professed in some of the uh, chapters of the Devolution series, but overall... You know, it, it really does look like that is something that could be in place. But at the same time, we cannot neither confirm it nor deny it because we're not the military. You know, we're not working behind the scenes with that. So absolutely, do I believe that the American people should continue on this course of um, of uh, getting audits done and getting decertification moved? And I, absolutely. I mean, why would we not do our job on the civilian side while the armed forces do their job on the military side? You know, uh, the military needs to make sure that they are or they are able to hand the baton off to an awake, aware, conscience American public. You know, ladies and gentlemen. That will know what to do with that baton when they get it. So uh, that's why, you know, one of the reasons why election integrity and election fraud stories are so important here to me at the C-Report. Because we need to be aware of not only what's going on in our own backyard and taking care of our own backyard, I might add, but also... Um, to be aware of what our brothers and sisters around this nation are doing and the efforts that they're putting in. Because after all, you know, if we were not aware of what was going on, like in Wisconsin, for example, you know, um, where they really took to the rule of law in order to straighten out that uh, theft in 2020, because it, it's, it's, it seems to me like it's moving, ladies and gentlemen, um, I had uh, made a bit of a mistake yesterday, I think it was, when we were talking about um, um, the um, 
the race to decertify, right? And I do have Wisconsin as the number one, as the number one um, state to decertify first at the moment. Uh, but I believe I said it was only a handful of counties in Wisconsin that were um, um, looking to decertify. I found an article that actually put it at about 50%. 50% of the GOP um, uh, county counties for the GOP are wanting to decertify. You know, 50%. That's half of Texas, right? <laughs> I mean, since Texas, the whole entire state wants to decertify, that's a different story. But, you know, so I just wanted to clarify on that, you know, and um, if it, but again, if it weren't for like the route that Wisconsin took in pressing on the law and pressing on the criminality of what occurred, even though people who are like on the progressive left side would be like, well, technically it was a pandemic. So we had to break the law. Oh, well, let's have another pandemic so you can break some more laws, right? You know, but if it weren't for the example that Wisconsin has set in, in taking that direction, the other states may not ever figure out that that's a move they could make. If it were not for Arizona, taking the moves that they have made, you know, with their um, forensic audit. Well, you know what? Other states may not ever know what a gold standard forensic audit looks like, Rhino Abbott. You think the people in Texas weren't paying attention to that audit, Abbott? Because we were, okay? If it weren't for the state of Texas and the GOP of Texas writing up their, um, writing up their resolution... Uh, to decertify. The rest of the states, and, and in particular some that we'll be sharing with you guys tonight, would not know exactly how to do it. So, you know, it is it is all part of a grand tapestry that is working towards the liberty of this nation, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, at least humbly speaking. And it all serves to the same a goal, which is the restoration of this republic, uh, you know, kicking out this illegitimate regime uh, as a start of it, and then moving forward from there, ladies and gentlemen, moving forward from there. Battle tactics, says uh, Aurelius Locke, you never attack on a single front and overwhelm with the barrage. Keep your powder dry until the time is right, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah, good, 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 good. Some good words there, Mr. Aurelius Luck. Some good words. Now make sure you focus on that road, sir. <laughs> we need you back tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, so, well, you know, it's just kind of some thoughts that were running through my head. They've been running through my head for a minute, you know, because I had read something. Uh, it doesn't matter who wrote it, but uh, was was just like, no, decertification's the wrong way. You'll never do anything with that. You'll never reach your goal. And then look, look at where we are today. We're we're right on the verge, I would say, of at least two to three states flipping. And that's all we need. You know, all we need is three states to flip at least, I believe. And uh, that would effectively remove, or I should say, recall the electors, um, as it were. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is really saying? Yes, sir. And after the last couple of articles I read on Brnovich, I think I may have been a bit too hard on him. And I, okay, Aurelius Locke, I know you sent me an article about Brnovich. Okay. If you got more than, I haven't read it yet. I'm sorry, buddy, but I will. You, you, you send me some more articles on Brnovich because 
I, you know, from the jump, Aurelius, I gotta say, let's go back to March, April of 2001, okay? April of 2001, here on the Sea Report, I called out Brnovich for being a rhino and for not being who he said he was. And it doesn't appear that he is. So I, I think I went too easy on him, to be quite honest with you. But if you've got, if you've got some more articles that I, ne- I need to see about Brnovich, you know, I am always willing. Uh, I keep an open mind. You know, I keep an open mind. I don't, uh, I don't close my mind off to any possibilities, especially in this day and age, ladies and gentlemen. Not in this day and age. No, you got to keep your mind open because, man... Even the crazy is not crazy anymore. And what's that telling you guys about? (laughs) What's that telling you guys about the state of the world that we are living in, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, Texas Grammy 22. How you doing over there? Good to see you, sweetie. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Now, we're just going to be talking some election stuff. You know what we do here at the Sea Report. I try and make it juicy enough for you guys. I try and make it juicy enough for you guys. All right, let's get into it today, ladies and gentlemen. As per the usual, President Trump leads at the Sea Report. And so we've got a couple of statements for him from him today. And uh, we are going to start... Oh, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. It's classic Trump on the screen returns to the sea report. <laughs> Did you guys miss these Save America posts? All right. This one takes us back at least two days. Okay. And uh, actually, this is an announcement. President Trump will be holding a rally in Wisconsin. Wis- what, 2001. What did I say? 2001 what? <laughs> What did I say? I don't, I don't even remember what I said. Anyways, mm. uh, anyways, it says here, uh, President Trump will be holding a rally. No, yes, yes, yes. If you're talking about my April 2021 show, yes. Wait, 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 wait. I got I just got to I just got to make sure we're clear here. I went on the air February 2nd, 2021 in April when they began the uh, uh, forensic audit. Because uh, if you guys remember that episode, uh, they had it. They had a Skycam helicopter live view of all of the ballots being trucked in security trucks to the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, right? And we were watching it as they were doing it. It was they had like those weird like uh, police like digit. It was a and you hear someone on the microphone. Yeah, yeah, we're watching them live. It's moving. And so like, yeah, we were watching that. But yeah, no, it was about April 2021. Okay, just to make sure. Did I say 2001? Maybe I said 2001. But 2021. My bad, my bad, my bad. And uh, well, there you go. Oh, wait, let's hear it is again. Oh, it's a WD Brnovich, uh, Brnovich Nation's top election fraud attorney. Oh, well, <laughs> I will read the article, okay? But, you know, Brnovich said the same thing about being the top elections fraud attorney. I would say Rudy Giuliani's the nation's top elections fraud attorney. I would even say Pam Bondi does a better job than he does, and she didn't even work on the elections. <laughs> she worked on the impeachments. Anyways, I don't know. I'm gonna, I will read that article. Uh, I will read that article, and then we, we can have a cup of tea over it. What do you say, Aurelius? Like... <laughs> We'll do it offline. How about that? But anyhow, guys, anyhow, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But uh, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. It'll be it'll be fun conversation. 
Maybe we can talk about it in the dark sometime or something like that. Uh, but okay, so getting back to this President Trump statement, I probably did say 2001, but getting back to this President Trump statement, ladies and gentlemen, it's not so much a statement as an itinerary or a uh, event notice. We're going to have a President Trump make America great again, save America rally. And that is going to be happening on Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry, not Saturday, on Friday. Oh, another Friday rally. Oh, joy. Friday, August 5th, 2022, uh, President Trump is set to speak at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, which means we will be live at at least 6.30 p.m. here at the Sea Report to cover the rally. Uh, and uh, it's going to be happening in uh, Waukesha County Fairgrounds in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Oh, Waukesha or Waukesha. I don't know how the uh, Wisconsinians, Wisconsinians, how do you say that? Waukesha or Waukesha or, yeah, it's Waukesha. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not from Wisconsin. You can tell. But uh, yeah, Waukesha. Waukesha County. Isn't that where that event happened, ladies and gentlemen? And now he's going to go have an event in Waukesha. That should be interesting. I wouldn't doubt it if you get all of the BLMers and the Antifers out there saying, remember his, uh, say his name, say his name. Anyhow, so uh, apparently at this event, again, President Trump will be speaking at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we will be hearing remarks from uh, Governor of Wisconsin candidate Tim Mitchells. Tim Mitchells? Okay, so I looked into... I looked into Tim Mitchell's a little bit. I didn't get to see a lot on him because I had a I had a full plate today and I'm not talking about dinner, ladies and gentlemen. And um, Tim Mitchell's, I just, you know, why, 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 why? I sound like I'm about to cry, right? Why would President Trump endorse Tim Mitchell's over Tim Rantham? Did he get his Tims confused, right? I sent a message over to President Trump via Truth Social today. And no, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that like he's going to... Yeah, Rittenhouse is what I'm saying. What he's going to have... He's going to have a rally where Rittenhouse cleaned house, ladies and gentlemen. That should be an interesting one. But anyhow... Uh, uh, I'm not saying that President Trump reads and or would respond to my communications on uh, Truth Social, but why? I didn't say, why would you pick Tim Mitchell's President Trump? Why would you not endorse Tim Rantham, who has been obviously front face, um, you know, uh, election um, auditing and election decertification and election integrity? Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you not support a candidate who has fought so hard for this country, has been vilified, has been uh, persecuted, has been tribulated, has exposed the rhinocery in his assembly house, has exposed the fraud that took place in the 2020 election, has put his neck on the line for decertification, has studied his state uh, legislature's constitution and rules and bylaws to make sure that he could sneak in a resolution that they did not see coming to decertify the 2020 election. Like, why would you choose a multi-millionaire, billionaire, businessman, uh, you know, I, uh, 
birds of a feather, ladies and gentlemen. Birds of a feather, you know. I have a tendency to say things that uh, strike people the wrong way. Uh, but um, did I not say the closer we get to restoring this republic that we're going to see a bunch of funny things? Anyways, so if something doesn't come out of Pennsylvania, and if something doesn't come out of Nevada, ladies and gentlemen, with those President Trump endorsements, then something is up, okay? If Oz and McCormick don't get exposed for the big globalists that they are, if Lombardo gets away with becoming governor, okay, and um, he does not get exposed or held to account for anything that he has participated in, something is up, okay? Something is up, all right? Uh, and, um, well, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna stay, we're not gonna rest on that notion, ladies and gentlemen, that our heroes are all gone and out the door. But I'm just saying, guys, I'm just saying, this could be, it could very well be a test, ladies and gentlemen, for us. A test of our endurance, a test of our integrity, a test of our faith, really, you know. But, you know, Coupling that thought with the entire desertification, devolution, uh, thought that I had said just a few minutes ago. It is what we're supposed to be doing, you know. It is what we're supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be fighting for our elections. We are the self-governed, okay. We're supposed to be telling them no. We're supposed to be giving them direction, we're supposed to be holding them accountable. We're supposed to be paying attention. We are supposed to be participating. We are supposed to be volunteering. We are supposed to have our own city and, uh, you know, county, state, nation governance on our minds. I mean, that's the deal that we signed, we were signed up with born American. I would say that's the deal that we signed up for, but we didn't, I didn't sign up for it. I'm glad, I'm glad someone in my family signed up for it, but I didn't sign up for it. I was born into it. And uh, maybe, maybe that's the reason why there's not such an import on it, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not like anyone in the last century thought to create what we have today we have fought to maintain it. We have fought to um, restore it, but we did not fight to create it like they did back in the 1700s. So maybe that's why it's not that important to us anymore because uh, we don't have that uh, one degree of separation or zero degrees of separation from the invention of the greatest nation to ever exist on this planet. You know, I don't know. Those are just thoughts, random thoughts. Random thoughts coming out on a random day at the uh, end of the month, in a random month, in the year 2022. Thank you, Sean Joe, for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Uh huh. Mm. So what do we got with uh, CNN on the screen here? Okay, just as I mentioned, guys, at the head of the show. Uh, President Trump suing CNN, ladies and gentlemen. Well, actually, I should say 
he uh he filed a notice of intent to sue right to let them know what's up to let them know hey i mean you've been served basically is what's going on here now um this is some hot news right here guys this is some hot news so we're gonna look at the statement that president trump released in that regard he released this yesterday afternoon or evening about if i'm not mistaken on that Let's see what it says here from the desk of President Trump. He says, I have notified CNN of my intent to file a lawsuit over their repeated defamatory statements against me. I will also be commencing actions against other media outlets who have defamed me and defrauded the public regarding the overwhelming evidence of fraud throughout the 2020 election. I will never stop fighting for the truth and for the future of our country. All right, guys. Very well stated. Very well said. You've been served, CNN, right? You've been served. Mm. So this is exciting. This is taking it to the next level. This is what this has been about. This is what this irregular warfare has been all about, ladies and gentlemen. We should feel blessed, to be quite honest with you, that we are dealing with this irregular warfare. Uh, we could be kinetic. We could be blowing each other's heads off and still not even know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. We could be uh, knifing and stabbing and shooting and all these other things, bombing, shelling, missling, exploding each other up and still not even know whose side we're really fighting for. At this point, though, I'm pretty sure we get that this is the people's side that we are maintaining. It's the republic that we are restoring. And it's becoming clearer and clearer who is going to get us there and who is not. And uh, I say that, of course, in regards to our selected officials, and perhaps the handful of elected representatives who are out there, you know. Definitely much, much truth in that statement, I think. But uh, let's take a look. Wouldn't you guys like to take a gander at this um, writ that has been sent to CNN? You guys got to know I'm going to bring this, right? Let's see what she says, guys. From IFRA Law, hands-on counsel, gloves off litigation. Oh. So it says here, notice of intent to bring civil action for defamation. Pursuant to Florida Statutes 770.01, this letter serves as a formal notice of the false statement about President Donald J. Trump. President Trump in numerous articles and televised transmissions published by Cable News Network Incorporated, including but not limited to those discussed below. In accordance with Florida Statute 770.02, CNN must publish a full and fair correction, apology, or retraction in the same editions or corresponding issues of the website publication in which the aforementioned articles transcripts or broadcasts appeared and in as conspicuous a place and type as said original article transcript or broadcast within 10 days from the date of service of this notice 10 days ladies and gentlemen 
they get 10 days. This is what? This is dated July 21st. So let's tell you what, by, uh, whoa. So by August 21st, uh, sorry, by uh, July 31st, by August 1, ladies and gentlemen, by August 1, CNN, we'll see. I guess we'll see, guys. I guess we'll see. Maybe Sunday night. CNN uh, headline news. Oh, we are going to uh, submit this official correction and or apology. You think it's going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen? Oh, because if it don't happen, they might have to move forward with litigation. That's uh, that's rather exciting, if you ask me. So they got 10 days from the 21st, which is uh, from the date of service of this notice. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, they might have written the notice on the 21st, but maybe they weren't able to serve them until the 25th or something. I don't know. It says, a failure to publish such a correction, apology, or retraction will result in the filing of a lawsuit and damages being sought against you, Communist News Network. Now, you see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this irregular warfare has been all about, ladies and gentlemen. It has been just about this. We're not shooting each other. We're not hiding in the barracks. We're not hiding down a foxhole. Although I hear they have really fine broadcasting in the foxhole. But um, it's all about, uh, you know, litigation. It's all about um, 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 elections. It's all about uh, the pen, ladies and gentlemen. Where's my pen, right? Where's my pen? Where's my Trump pen? <laughs> I don't got my Trump pen here. But I do have a pen, Okay. It's been about the pen. What does the Bible say? The pen is mightier than the sword, okay? This pen could bring down nations. You know how we know that? Because the globalist interests have used pens to do such things throughout their entire existence. And they used wars, of course, to, you know, scrape up all the goods at pennies on the dollar get rid of their enemies, create mass genocide, chaos, and uh, probably honor their satanic gods, ladies and gentlemen. But now, this litigation, like everyone on the foxhole, everyone at Rumble, everyone at Twitch, everyone at Clout Hub, everyone in my audience, let's all get together and file a lawsuit, right? <laughs> no, literally, literally. That's what this has been all about. This irregular warfare besides a, a, a mass information overload type of situation has to deal with litigation. I mean, some people would call it a civilized revolution, ladies and gentlemen. The revolution will not be televised, but the civilized revolution will be televised. It's being televised right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's just not on the network channels. It's being televised everywhere else. It's being televised on live streams. It's being televised on independent media. It's being televised on uh, independent networks, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, let's continue with this here, guys. You see, he's setting the example for us. I mean, yes, President Trump does have the money to spend on lawsuits. Not that he should have to, but at least he's blessed to have the ability to pay for that. But that is the best path forward at this point, right? Um, not, not the preferred path of uh, those who have a, uh, an itchy trigger finger, per se. Some people are like, I ain't going to do nothing until we bust out the guns. And I'm like, well, you're a damn fool. 
I honestly feel that way. I mean, I get it. I respect it, I guess, you know, but I don't see how it helps, you know, uh, if they're going to do, and I'm not saying like, uh, people I know who are patriotic, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying people I know who are patriotic that say, I'm not going to do a damn thing until there are no gun. I mean, until the guns come out, I'm not saying those, I'm saying, I'm saying like, you know, the, uh, what do they call, what do they call them? The fair weather patriots or like the sunshine patriots type of things. <laughs> They're the ones who are like, I'm just going to sit back and go to work and ignore the news and uh, not vote until it's time to bust out the guns. Those ones, ladies and gentlemen, they're damn fools. They're damn fools because it takes every bit of conscious energy. It takes every bit of spiritual energy to help boost the good guys along, just like the bad guys do. I mean, come on. If you want, if you want to be a boost, if you want to give a boost to the dark forces, then you go and you massacre a bunch of people or have some, I don't know, satanic rituals down in the basement. But if you want to help the good guys, we need positive uh, encouragement. We need prayers. Uh, we need um, spreading of good information, dissemination of good information, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the good guys need. The good guys need that positive reinforcement. Now I get it. Some people work on negative reinforcement. I don't understand them myself, but some type of reinforcement, you know, some type of reinforcement such as that, that does not require shooting someone's brains out or stabbing someone in the heart, ladies and gentlemen, as much as you might think you like to do that, right? As much as you might think you like to do that. Uh, let's continue reading this letter from President Trump here. It says, uh, the 2016 presidential election. In November 2016, Americans participated in a spirited presidential election, pitting Hillary Rodham Clinton against President Trump. President Trump earned 306 electoral college votes compared to Clinton's 227. After the 2016 election, various members of the Democratic Party gave numerous televised statements claiming the 2016 election was illegitimate. This included suggestions about Russian interference, causing President Trump to win the election and regular referrals to President Trump being an illegitimate president. CNN repeatedly allowed for assertions that President Trump was illegitimately elected to go largely unchallenged, including statements made by Hillary Clinton. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Jimmy Carter, Jerry Nadler, John Lewis, Diane Feinstein, Marsha Fudge, whoever that is, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The 2020 presidential election. On and around November 3rd, 2020, Americans participated in another hotly contested presidential election. As COVID-19 continued to cause infections and deaths across the country, election officials instituted unusual expansions of voting methods and periods. Voters were subjected to scalding advertisements and media personalities predicting calamities wedded to electing Joe Biden or re-electing President Donald Trump, depending on the speaker's point of view. Many Trump supporters went to bed the night of November 3rd, 2020 with high hopes for President Trump's re-election, seeing leads for their candidate in several important states such as Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan. By the morning, media outlets were announcing a lead for Biden with late-night tabulations turning the tide in the former vice president's favor. 
By the following weekend, CNN announced that Biden had won the election and was already asserting that pres the president falsely claimed the election was being stolen from him as many mail-in ballots, which were often counted after election day votes, landed in the column of his opponent. For the ensuing two months, President Trump asserted that the election had been rigged against him, as he had predicted before the election when early voting and mail-in ballot usage was greatly expanded. Some administration officials and supporters rejected the idea largely accepting that cheating had taken place, but believing it could not have been of such a scale as to make the president lose the battleground states. Dozens of lawsuits were filed across the country and the majority ending up dismissed on procedural grounds. No standing, ladies and gentlemen. Lawyers for the president pursued a claim that an elaborate international conspiracy coupled with a commonly used voting machine were somehow responsible for President Biden's win. Recounts and audits in various states continued into the middle of 2021. CNN's reporting, both before the election as well as after the election, consistently fed a narrative that denounced President Trump's legitimacy and competency. The reporting appears to be results-oriented as, as betrayed in an undercover video. A CNN employee was filmed discussing the defendant's coverage of the 2020 presidential election. Do you think they meant betrayed or as portrayed? I don't know. It says here, the employee boasted that CNN helped to defeat President Trump in the 2020 election and called the defendant his employer. Propaganda uh, ID, or is that limited? Uh, look at what we did. We got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. Oh, ID. Yep. It's ID. Mm, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Anyway, CNN's rush to label President Trump a liar. Even as state tabulation audits and recounts began to take place and long before they concluded in mid-2021, CNN began referring to President Trump as lying. Webster's Dictionary defines a lie as an assertion of something known or believed by the speaker to be untrue with intent to deceive. The definition then is not limited to simply being wrong about an assertion. It instead requires the speaker to know he or she is speaking falsely and to specifically harbor an intent to mislead. In this instance, President Trump's comments are not lies. He subjectively believes that the results of the 2020 presidential election turned on fraudulent voting activity in several key states. Furthermore, the repeated characterization of President Trump lying was distinctly at odds with CNN state, uh, CNN's treatment of individuals claiming President Trump's 2016 was illegitimate or based upon Russian interference. CNN's branding of President Trump as a liar extended to likening him to Nazis and communists. For the months and years that have followed the 2020 election, CNN took it upon itself to engage in a campaign of dissuasion branding President Trump a liar and one who subscribes to the notion of the big lie. 
As CNN repeatedly reminds its readers that concept is linked to Adolf Hitler and Joseph Gable, 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 <laughs> sorry guys, Gables, Gables, Goebbels. <laughs> I always get that name confused with Goebbels. Anyways, and the Nazi era idiom. If you tell a lie big enough and keep it repeating, people will eventually come to believe it. If the articles fail to overtly link Trump to Hitler, a particularly offensive slur for a man with Jewish members of his immediate family, they regularly draw comparisons between Trump and China's Xi Jinping. Reportedly, the term big lie or big rye has been uttered in several contexts, uh, uttered in the context of President Trump's belief more than 7,700 times on CNN since January of 2021. CNN's willful and continued usage of the big lie characterization. On June 15, 2022, CNN's new chairman and CEO, Chris Licht, reportedly held a conference call with top CNN producers in which he expressed displeasure with the use of big lie. Since then, CNN's on-air personalities, including John King, Fake Tapper, John Avalon, Brianna Kyler, Don Lemon, and Jeffrey... Really? Uh, what was that? Jeffrey uh, Tubin? <laughs> Someone come up with a good nickname for that guy. <laughs> Anyways, Jeffrey Tubin, among others, have continued to use the phrase in describing President Trump's subjective state of mind, despite an apparent admonition from their chief executive officer. Lubin Tubin? There we go. The unique treatment of President Trump's beliefs versus those belonging to other public figures. One of the clearest indicators of CNN's malice is that unlike any other public figure, even those for which there have been specific determinations of dishonesty, it is President Trump to whom CNN's employees comfortably and consistently attach the liar label. Below are just few, sev just several examples of scenarios in which CNN pose, uh, possessed objective evidence of the declarant's dishonesty, yet never characterize the person as a liar or as utilizing the big lie propaganda technique. Juicy Smoulier. Under claimed circumstances, which almost immediately appeared implausible, actor Juicy Smoulier proclaimed to be a victim of a hate crime perpetrated by mysterious men who wore Make America Great Again hats and who laid in wait for him during a sub-zero sub walk to Subway on a cold Chicago night <laughs> at three in the morning. Anyways, Smoulier was charged with disorderly conduct offenses predicted, predicated upon the notion that his entire account was a hoax, i.e. untrue. Smoulier was convicted of crimes based upon his false report of the assault. When CNN reported, uh, reported the guilty jury verdict, it continued to treat the verdict as a mere allegation. 
Actor Juicy Smoulier was found guilty Thursday on five of six felony counts of disorderly conduct for making a false report to Chicago police that he was the victim of a hate crime in January 2019, an attack prosecutors said he staged. He was acquitted of making a false report to another Chicago detective weeks after the alleged attack. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Despite a jury finding that Smoulier lied to prosecutors, police, and the public, uh, CNN, the police and the public, CNN refused to call Smoulier a liar even after. A jury found Juicy Smoulier guilty. Sorry, uh, guilty. A, a jury did found him guilty, ladies and gentlemen, of falsely reporting a hate crime. In further efforts to downplay the guilty verdict, CNN focused on how the criminal justice system treated Smoulier unfairly. On an occasion in which a CNN commentator referred to Smoulier as lying, the commentary ended up ended with the gratuitous and defamatory comment directed at President Trump. And of course, despite all the evidence, Donald Trump's big lie continues to be amplified by right-wing media. In that sense, Donald Trump is the juicy smoulier of American politics. Craziness, guys. Here's another uh, example. Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe, a former FBI official under the then-director James Comey, was the subject of an Office of Inspector General report that concluded McCabe lied on numerous occasions when questioned about his role in leaking sensitive information to the media. Although the United States Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia declined to prosecute the referred false statement case, there were objective and widely accepted findings by the OIG that McCabe had lacked candor and made five false statements. CNN never classified McCabe as lying or perpetuating a big lie. CNN was not only incapable of calling McCabe a liar, it hired him as a contributor in August of 2019. Stanky Abrams, ladies and gentlemen. When Stanky Abrams lost the Georgia governor's race in November 2018, she claimed the election was stolen from her, a claim that she repeated in her 2019 State of the Union response. Stanky Abrams said, In response to what I believe was a stolen election, I'm not saying they stole it from me, they stole it from the voters of Georgia. I cannot prove empirically that I would have won but we will never know. And so what I demanded on November 16th was a fair fight because you see, 
Voter suppression is as old as America. <laughs> Abrams was uh, interviewed on November 19th, 2018 by then CNN anchor Chris Cuomo about uh, her election loss and challenges to election integrity. In her interview, she claimed machines were flipping names because of the antiquated nature of our machines. We had people who were purged from the rolls unlawfully. We had new citizens who were denied the right to register. We had thousands who were placed on hold. Cuomo did not challenge these claims, but asked Abrams about her initiative. Fair Fight Georgia and how it would fix the problems identified. Cuomo noted, anything that makes the process more fair is good. CNN has not referred to Stacey Stanky Abrams as lying or perpetuating a big lie, even in the absence of data supporting her claims of a rigged election. CNN recognized challenges to election integrity as credible when addressed through a different political lens. So very compelling, uh, very p- compelling um, writ here, if you ask me. Uh, we're not going to read this entire thing. It's 282 pages long, ladies and gentlemen, but I just wanted to give you a, a taste of what is happening here. And I'll just give you a, a little bit of a clue of what else they talk about in this um, in this notice to litigate. Uh, just taking a look real quick. The next section here, and we'll highlight it for ease of viewing. Questions about election integrity are not baseless. So we start talking about what? We start talking about some of the findings, the documented evidence, the empirical evidence, if you will. Um, regarding uh, where it's been found, such as says here, the Heritage Foundation summarizes voting fraud cases from around the country, tip, uh, typically citing prosecutor press releases for the information. Just using 2021 through 2022, the Heritage Foundation has documented voting fraud convictions in Arizona, California, Florida, Michigan, New Hampshire, Texas, Colorado, Kansas, Mississippi, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. This does not include pending cases, but simply cases in which criminal convictions have resulted from the prosecution. The Heritage Foundation's election fraud database contains 1,365 proven instances of election fraud, 1,173 criminal convictions, and 48 civil penalties. Then it goes on to talk about uh, the Texas Republican Party's 2022 platform resolutions for the committee, which includes what? decertifying and reclaiming the electors, right? And uh, moving further on along, it talks about Georgia. It talks about Arizona. It talks about 2000 Mules, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michael Gableman, right? All of this stuff, all of this information that somehow the January 6th unselect committee has been unable to locate, Quite conveniently, I'm sure, ladies and gentlemen, but um, they keep on using those outdated, archaic rulings from like 2020. Look at all of this evidence. And and it's a, a lot of this is already submitted to the courts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, just finish up with else we got. So true the votes in here. You know, they've got a, there's a lot of mass. That's why it's 282 pages, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, But then the biggest portion of this writ is defamatory publications and evidence of malicious intent. 
And from this point forward, all we got is articles, transcripts, uh, video links to every time CNN referred to President Trump as a liar, uh, to the big lie, uh, to being dishonest, etc. So, I mean, really, guys, it's like page 13 all the way down. Transcripts, articles, transcripts, articles, big lie, big lie, big lie. So if they manage to get this to CNN on the 21st of this month, we should have an answer about where this is going by the 1st of August, ladies and gentlemen. So that, if you ask me, is mucho, mucho exciting, right? Mucho, mucho exciting. All right. Let's move on to the rest of our uh, show for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to just reset my clock here really quick so that they get crystal clear audio over at the uh, podcast version of the show. Why does it keep doing that? Okay. And uh, let's see, we got Tim Bajet in the house. Good afternoon, Tim Bajet. P.N. is also in the house. Good evening, P.N. It's good to see you. And uh, let me see what some of you, hey, Tim Bajet, thank you for gifting the, uh, thank you for gifting the cookie. Tim Bajet says, we are a Ru-public. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I know, you meant to put an E in there, I think. <laughs> Casual GG 17 good to see you. Smart plug for the foxhole, Mr. C. <laughs> I don't know how I come up with that stuff on my feet. Uh, and let me see here. What else do we got in the chat room before we move on? Sorry, I'm just, uh, I forgot to, I forgot to start the timer, right? You got, you reset the timer, Mr. C. You make sure you start the timer. Okay. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Class action lawsuits are effective, says Q. Uh, indeed, they are. That's what we're doing right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we are doing right now. Uh, class action gets lawyers rich and nobody else, says Tim Bajet. Well, all those legal fees, right? Bring out the guillotine, much safer and more humane. Hmm. Well, tell that, to, tell that to the January 6th Unselect Committee. Wait, don't tell that to the January 6th Unselect Committee, Timba Jet. They're going to be like, someone subpoena Timba Jet because he said bring out the guillotine. It's much safer and more humane. And then they're going to use you as a witness for wanting to chop off Mike Pence's head. Okay? Because no one saw the this is an art piece. <laughs> sign that was posted on that stupid gallows in Washington, D.C. Let's see here. Aurelius Slock says, I'm past humane. Break out the firing squads and aim for non-essential parts. All right, guys, we'll leave, the, we'll leave that kind of talk off the air. Uh, I mean, you can say it all you want, but why make it harder for us? It's like they're not listening to this anyways. Goebbels is the pronunciation. Thank you, Timba Jet. I appreciate. Oh, so I was like, I get that name confused with Goebbels all the time. <laughs> oh boy, my uh, my my lack of German pronunciation and spelling is showing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... 
<laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that, you know, because that way I don't go around looking a certain way. Uh, let's see. Uh, PN says, update on Angle. She needs our prayers. She had a surgery and has taken a turn for the worst. Oh, that is so bad. Angle. I don't believe I know Angle. But prayers for Angle. Thanks for the update, PN. Thank you for the update. Um... Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> Mastributer tuber. <laughs> I think I'll stick with Lubin Tubin. Okay, uh, Timberjet. <laughs> That's some funny stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, what's that? Piss off! Piss off! Piss off! <laughs> It's just the new... Oh, you know why? Because I put today's episode under just chatting and I'm doing the news. So I understand. Piss on, piss off. Okay, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I, I threw it under just chatting on Twitch today. I think I threw it under sh talk shows and podcasts yesterday. Normally, I put this uh, broadcast under politics. So anyways, yeah, it's a new... This is a news broadcast. No, no, no offense. Piss off over there in um, Twitch, uh, but uh, do piss on. Okay. All right. Piss on. <laughs> That's my way of saying carry on. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, let's go. What do we got? The flag of Montana here. Is this the flag of Montana, ladies and gentlemen? Maybe circa, I don't know, 2015 to 2021, right? When that Trump train was moving strong and steady. Uh, but uh, what do we got going on? So let's let's talk about this, guys, because like I said, it's like I, I cracked a joke about the January 6th unselect committee a few days ago, if not a week ago, which was this. The January 6th unselect committee is still going to be claiming that there is no evidence of massive voter fraud and the United States will already have decertified. OK, so... Let's talk about some of the new counties that are rolling up their sleeves for decertification. Let's start with Montana. Ladies and gentlemen, we got two counties, not three. It looks like three, but it's two counties in Montana. Uh, Rivoli County and Lewis and Clark County, Montana. Both have moved to decertify and recall the electors from the 2020 stolen election. This article here coming to us out of the Daily Montanan says these words. Republicans in Rivali and Lewis and Clark formally reject results of the 2020 election. Two Republican committees in Montana have recently passed resolutions rejecting the results of the 2020 presidential election. The Rivali County Republican Central Committee and the Lewis and Clark County Montana Republican Party passed the resolutions on July 5th and 11th, respectively. The resolutions were adopted just before the Montana Republican Party's platform convention in Billings this weekend. Neither committee responded for a request for comment on the resolutions. The resolutions are similar to those passed by Republicans in Maricopa County, Arizona, and the Republican Party of Texas, and the Republican Party of Langlade County, Wisconsin. We, we now have more counties in Wisconsin, though, I should tell you. Both Montana committees wrote in the resolutions that they formally reject the results and the 2020 election and hold that Joseph Robinette Pito Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the majority of the people of the United States. Uh, 
The resolutions echo ideas of widespread fraud in the 2020 election that have swirled around Republican circles both nationally and in Montana. But multiple investigations and court rulings have shown these claims to be baseless. In Montana, Republican Secretary of State Christy Jacobson has defended the security of the state's election processes. We strongly urge all Americans, said Christy Jacobson, Secretary of State of Montana, to ensure election integrity and accountability steps are in place and enforced and to correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 election, both resolutions read. So uh, looks like Montana might have a snake in their Secretary of State office. Christy Jacobson. Okay. Christy Jacobson. Is your face going to appear on the fourth edition of the, uh, of the Secretary of Snakes Political Truths attire? Hmm. Christy Jacobson. Your name might be on a t-shirt. I mean, your face might be on a t-shirt soon. <laughs> oh. Let's 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 shine a little bit of light on those faces. Let's put a name to those faces. Let's put a state to those names, right? The resolutions call for a standing legislative election committee to investigate the 2020 election and to put into Montana law that any election machines have all software and hardware fully transparent to the public and until such as they are, all ballots are counted by hand. Additionally, the resolution calls for the Montana Secretary of State to leave the National Association of Secretaries of State. Oh, booyah. That is something that we need on the resolutions across the board. I told you guys that the association of uh, the National Association of Secretaries of State, that that's that that's uh, that's where all of the Secretary of State project Secretaries of Snakes went to. Now, like I said, not all secretaries of state are a member of the National Association of Secretaries of State. But uh, who's the current president of the National Secretary Association of Secretary? I think it's I think it's Maggie Toulouse Oliver. If it's not Maggie Toulouse Oliver, it's Jocelyn Benson. And if it's not Jocelyn Benson, she has been the president before. If not, it's Jenna Griswold. Okay. So Montana's taking the extra step of saying, oh, you're not going to go hang out with your fellow serpents. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Secretary Christensen or whatever her name was. What was her name again? Jacobson. Christy Jacobson, not Jacob Christensen. Okay, Christy Jacobson. Oh, Secretary of State Jacobson, you're not going to go hang out with your fellow serpents over at the National Association of Secretary of Snakes. You're no longer allowed to hold court with them, Right. Um, and, uh, and then of course, all of this is, is good. It's all on the up and up. Of course, these are only two counties in Montana right now. This is good news. This is absolute news that we should applaud, laud, and, uh, give a, a pat on the back or, you know, maybe a good old salute to the GOP county, um, uh, constituents and parties that went ahead and submitted this formal resolution, um, but my next question, and this is not to burst the bubble, this is good news, but not to burst the bubble. My next question is, here we are approaching the 1st of August, right? And these states, 
These Republican parties, these GOP county representatives, are only now, they're only now calling for decertification, investigation, etc. Ladies and gentlemen, we are T-minus like 35 days before the statute of limitations for federal law eliminates the necessity of retaining election data for 2020. Do you see how well the establishment GOP rhinos know how to stack and maneuver what it is they're doing? Because I'm not being cynical, ladies and gentlemen, and I told you guys, between now and November, you guys are going to think I'm being so cynical because every time we talk about the moves that the Republican Party is making, I counter them with a little bit of truth. And here's the truth that I see. And this is not being cynical. This is all part of building experience and wisdom. If you have the spirit, the soul, the ears and the eyes to see and hear it, ladies and gentlemen, and that is this, because, you know, you know, I get, I get, I, I am used to these types of move because of the Texas establishment rhinos and the way that they have tricked and fooled and snookered us in Texas for decades. Okay. And this is why I can see this. I'm speaking from experience. Okay. So the people of Montana are going to look at these two counties that want to move with decertification and move with investigation and move with uh, not even using the machines until they know the hardware and software is fully transparent. Booyah! We got a win. Let's go have a beer and uh, let's go uh, let's go rest for another couple of weeks, right? And then they're going to move to the certify. And let's say we get this Secretary of Snakes in Montana to go along with all of this. When do you think they're going to get this ball rolling? Do you think it's going to happen before September 3rd, 2022? I highly doubt it. Especially if you consider how bureaucracy rolls quite slowly, ladies and gentlemen. Bureaucracy rolls oh so very slowly. So what I am saying here, ladies and gentlemen, is this. This is excellent news, but this is going to, um, it's going to satiate the patriots, the people of Montana, past that deadline. And we need all of this stuff done before the deadline. We needed these things, these movements, these, even the Texas GOP, think about it, Okay. You know, maybe I shouldn't use a Texas GOP as an example because we have what? We have a bi a bi uh, biannual uh, meeting. We meet every two years or so, right? <laughs> Casual GG17. That's amazing. Casual GG17 says it's controlled procrastination. That's a good one. Gold star for Casual GG17 because yes, that's exactly what this has been. Controlled con- procrastination. It's been, it's, they've moved it slowly, intentionally, so that they can get to that finish line. Where federally speaking, they will not break the law when they erase all of the 2020 election data. Never mind that they still have 2019, 2018, 2017, and 2016 in their election management books, right? On their computers. But for some reason, just like in Maricopa County, just like in uh, Otero County, New Mexico, Only 2020 is 
missing, ladies and gentlemen. This is to make us complacent. This is to satisfy us because I heard that uh, X amount of counties were decertifying. We're on the road to do it. And then all of a sudden we get to the end of September and we're like, what happened? Oh, you know what happened? All of the election data was erased on September 4th at midnight. That is September 3rd going into September 4th. And now we no longer have any of that information. Texas GOP politics works like that. They will show you everything you need to see to make you believe that you are on their side. And I'm not saying that, you know, um, Rivali County and Lewis and Clark County GOPs are not on the up and up. I'm not saying that. I'm using the template of the Texas GOP and the way that they have, the way that they have um, fooled the Texas people for so long with the optics of doing what we think they're doing right. And they're not. They're not. They are simply maneuvering situations to make it appear as if though they're on our side. When the whole time they were just trying to get across the finish line. Why do you think in Texas the sham forensic audit results are not going to be released until September 28th? So that by the time Secretary of Snake Scott decides to figures out what's going on, all that data will be released. And I don't doubt that Secretary of Snake Scott here in Texas is going to have all of the election data erased on September 4th at midnight, ladies and gentlemen. I don't doubt it. I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen, okay? I'll be surprised. But again, like I said, I am not trying to rain on this parade, Ladies and gentlemen, I am just trying to point out to you another perspective that we need to be mindful of, that we can no longer allow ourselves to be fooled by these fake optical illusions. Well, actually, you know what? They're not fake optical illusions. They are optical illusions. These are optical illusions of a Republican establishment party that is trying to quell the desires and the demands of their party by maneuvering optics to a point that we, uh, you know, we take a step back for a minute. Okay, they're doing their job. We can trust them. Okay, just a perspective. I mean, as long as they retain, save, put a cease and desist order on the um, erasure of the, the, the election data for 2020, we're good. You know, we're good. There's petitions out there all around. It's about time someone started doing that. All right. Earliest Locke says uh, the National Association of Secretary of Snakes names New Jersey Secretary of State uh, Tahisha Way as president and inducts new executive board. Cool. Well, before Tahisha, it was either Maggie or Jenna, I believe. Um, but yeah, they they were they were the president at a time. I don't know. I don't know the bylaws. So I don't know how often they elect or select you know, a new president over there. Hey, sub pack vet. What's going on, sir? Good to see you. Hope you're having an excellent day today. Sub pack vet says, nice. I used to live in Ravali or Ravali County. My uh, DD 214 archived in the courthouse there. Very cool. Hamilton is the county seat. Very cool. Awesome. I forget we have some Montana folk here in the audience. Hope you're doing well up there in the Northwest, sir. 
All right, let's see who's next. We got South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen. Greenville County, South Carolina moves to decertify the 2020 election. Let's see what we got here. Now, there's actually some interesting stuff going on in South Carolina, uh, Greenville County specifically. Uh, and maybe we can save this for another report, but I will mention, apparently there are two GOP Republican uh, county parties in Greenville County, and they're fighting with each other, like civilized fighting, right? They're, they're litigating with each other over who the real one is. And but I was like, this is very interesting. So uh, as far as the rivalry or whatever's happening between the two Republican parties in Greenville County, South Carolina, I don't know how that skirmish is going to affect this resolution. Uh, but we have a copy of that resolution here, ladies and gentlemen, to take a gander. Uh, it says here, um, uh, a resolution to reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election dated July 11th, 2022, be it resolved by the Executive Committee of the Republican Party of Greenville County, whereas in solidarity with the Republican Party of Texas, the Republican Party of Maricopa County, Arizona, and the Republican Party of Langdale County, Wisconsin, and the recent resolutions from those areas to reject the 2020 election results, and whereas we believe the 2020 election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution in that various secretaries of states throughout the country illegally circumvented their state legislature in conducting their elections in multiple illegal ways, as did South Carolina's own state election commission, and whereas as none of Greenville County's voting machines were certified in 20... I love that they're putting that in there. Whereas none of Greenville County's voting machines were certified in 2020, which was required according to the Help America Vote Act. Isn't this funny? The, the Help America Vote Act Act, right? That's being a little bit redundant, right? It should be the Have Act, not the Have Act. Help America Vote Act Act. <laughs> Anyways... It's, everyone calls it the HAVA Act, okay? I'm just pointing out that that's a funny little uh, thing of the English language. Anyways, okay, so, um, which was required according to the Help America Vote Act passed by the U.S. Con the US Congress in 2002, thus making our state results and the election itself illegitimate. I'm so glad someone is putting that in their resolution. And whereas the use of CIDL, oh my goodness, they're busting this one out too. Whereas the use of CIDL election reporting company, a company based in Spain by the state of South Carolina makes our results illegal. Now that's important. That's not something that everyone is talking about, you know? Not everyone's talking about. Uh, I think I heard Tori say something about that. Uh, I said that name wrong. Yeah, Tori says something about that. She said, she said, you need to look into your county election laws. And if your county election laws say that you may not you transmit any data out of the country then their use of CIDL in 2018 and in 2020 would make your county's election null and void. So now we have two prongs of criminality that have been utilized in multiple states and it's being crystallized here in South Carolina, Greenville County's resolution to decertify. It's beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. You see, this is why... 
decertification and auditing and investigation of 2020 is so important because we're learning so many things, so many of the little moving parts that we were never, ever going to see if we just sat on our asses and waited for the military to save us. And, and that our only plan, I mean, it's, it's still something that could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not diminishing that at any means, but I'm just saying if, if Mr. C had said, I'm not going to do a show that talks about election integrity. I'm going to sit on my thumbs and wait for the military to come and save me. Kind of like the way I was during inauguration. I was like this to the TV screen, just waiting for the military to come and jump out of the sky and arrest Madonna and Lady Gaga and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's the way I was. Okay. Okay. And after that, I was like, nah, nah, I got to do something, anything you know, except for just, you know, voting and talking about it. And you know, I'm terrible at social media. So the show works better for me, you know, but uh, what I'm saying, is we, we never would have learned all of these moving parts about the various methods of um, uh, the various methods for uh, the various methods for uh, fraud and theft that they utilized. I mean, they used like 20 or 30 different types of fraud you know, and, and, and theft, ladies and gentlemen, and, and the HAVA Act and, and the, the lack of certification and the lack of, of, uh, of accreditation and, and, and then the use of international um, um, uh, election reporting systems, you know, like all of this, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Subpacvet, give my regards to do. Uh, but, um, you know, all of these little pieces we never would have known about. I never would have known about if I just sat on my thumbs and waited for someone to save me. So it's as, as Aurelius Locke said, this is all part of a multi-pronged attack. We're flanking them from multiple sides, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're doing it from the military side with through, through, you know, uh, classified means we're doing it through the people side by them actually getting up off their laurels and doing something about it. We're doing it on many multiple levels. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> nice mug shot. You saw my mug shot? I told them to take it down. Anyways, any <laughs> okay, guys, let's finish reading this resolution. It says here also, what is on my menu for tonight? Anyways, it says here also, uh, and whereas there have been deficiencies in sidles counting discovered through the United States... And whereas South Carolina State Election Commission is a group of appointees not elected by the people, but who nevertheless have been making rogue unilateral decisions without the consensus of the people, including decisions about which vendors provide election night reporting in South Carolina, and whereas South Carolina's State Election Commission claims there were not internet connections at voting locations, while multiple voters saw and reported internet connections at their polling locations, and whereas through COTS, commercial off-the-shelf equipment, there was internet and hacking vulnerability at polling stations, and whereas the State Elections Commission has been collaborating with far too many state agencies, including but not limited to the DMV, the DHEC, and others, under the guise of those agencies helping to secure our elections, but which unnecessarily and vastly increase the complexity of operations as well as the number of entry points and methods for bad actors to have impacted South Carolina's election through in-house influencer or hacked means, 
And whereas there is nothing in the South Carolina Constitution which provides for other agencies that participated in the 2020 election to have been involved in the voting processes, and whereas Greenville County's election board oaths, which are required according to law, are not being documented, and whereas Greenville County has no record of budgeting for any of our elections equipment and left it to the state uh, elections commission with question on multiple occasions and whereas the 2000 mules documentary using publicly collected evidence of geo tracking and municipal video surveillance shows election fraud occurring in other american counties during the 2020 election in the form of ballot trafficking through drop boxes and whereas we believe that substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas significantly affected the results in five key states in favor of Joseph Robinette Pedo Biden Jr. While South Carolina voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump, the evidence in other states leads us to challenge the veracity of the 2020 presidential election. Now, therefore, be it resolved. The Republican Party of Greenville County, South Carolina, formally rejects the certified results of the 2020 presidential election. And we hold that acting President Joseph Robinette Pito Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of the United of these United States of America and be it further resolved we ask and encourage the South Carolina state legislature to do everything in its power to dissolve and defund the state elections commission and put the responsibility of election integrity in the hands of the elected position of secretary of state and that the South Carolina legislature also do everything in its power to complete all in ongoing investigations of the 2020 election including looking into Michael Gableman's investigation and Alex Halderman's report to ensure no cheating happens in future elections and to make it illegal to use electronic machines for voting in the state of South Carolina and be it further resolved we strongly urge all Republicans to work to ensure election integrity and correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 election and be it finally resolved that we encourage every other Republican county party in the state of South Carolina and all other states, particularly those that experienced voter fraud and cheating, to issue a similar resolution to reject the 2020 election results on behalf of the people. Oh, man, guys, that's a pretty amazing document right there, if you ask me. I would have to say the Republican Party of Greenville, South Carolina, really did their homework. They're talking about things I have not heard anyone else talk about, except for one other place that I've already mentioned in the last five to ten minutes. Talking about commercial off-the-shelf parts. Do you know the last time we mentioned commercial off-the-shelf parts here at the Sea Report? I've only mentioned it once, okay? And that was... Probably about uh, three months ago or more when we were reading the affidavit written by Torp Sahari Mares that was used during the um, um, a Sydney Powell defamation case against Dominion. It's the only place I've heard anyone talk about commercial off-the-shelf parts, cots. 
and how those cots are vulnerable to hacking because, you know, they're commercial off the shelf. You know, they're not, uh, they're not protected. They're not secure. Amazing. They did, they did their homework in South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen. They did their homework. That is quite something to read, guys. Uh-oh. 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 Cancel. Cancel. Oh, Lord, I almost, I almost closed all my windows. Anyways, okay, that is, that is insane, guys. That is insane. But that's also quite amazing as well. Quite amazing. Go South Carolina. Go South Carolina. All right, guys, let's talk about Michigan. We got a couple of counties out of Michigan that are also moving to decertify. We got Cass County and Alcona County, Michigan, that want to reclaim their electors. Again, these are the GOP parties. These are the GOP parties. Uh, but, but you know, they, they are sending these resolutions forward, right? So uh, let's see what we got here, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so... <clears throat> Uh, when I read about Cass County and Alcona County, um, reaching for decertification, you know me, I need, I need, I need a root source, ladies and gentlemen. And there was only one individual that was providing, it was like some twit, some twit, some twat, right? Someone twatted about Alcona County and Cass County. And that's all the sauce that we got. Okay. They just said Alcona and Cass, they're moving to decertify. And I was like, I looked for articles, like, show me an article, show me, uh, show me a resolution. Like we just read from South Carolina, could not find any of that. Um, so when it came to Alcona and Cass, I was not able to find a root source for Cass County, Michigan, but I did find one for Alcona County and uh, Alcona County, Michigan in their Republican party in the meetings of their minutes held on July 25th. So this just happened. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, evidence that Alcona County GOP is actually indeed, in fact, moving to decertify. So these are from the meetings minutes of Alcona County Republicans. And uh, we have to go all the way down here to where they talk about it. Man, they had a pretty busy meeting here. But it's right here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you guys can see it. It says, uh, resolution to reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election. It says, the resolution was sent out to the executive board on July 22nd, 2022, motioned and seconded to accept this resolution as presented. Resolution will be attached below. Uh, ooh, it's attached below. It says, roll call vote. Uh, so everyone voted unanimously except for Molly Atkins. She was absent. And the resolution is accepted by a unanimous vote. Jessica will send it out to the respective parties. Let's see if they have the attachment down here. Do you guys have the attachment? Attachment. I want to read it to the audience. Audience. Oh, man. these guys. Oh, here it is, guys. We found it. We found it. Let's see if these guys did their homework just like South Carolina did. All right. For all of you content creators out there lurking in the bouts, go to Alcona County Republican Party. Um, and you can look up the minutes for July 15th. And you can include this in your show, too. 
It says a resolution to reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election. Be it resolved by the executive committee of the Republican Party of Alcona. And uh, we'll do we'll do a kind of a generic here since, you know, uh, it might be exactly what the others said. See, uh, whereas in solidarity with the Republican Party of Texas, uh, Langdon County, Langdale County, Wisconsin, Maricopa County, Arizona, etc. cetera. Uh, whereas we believe the 2020 presidential election violated Article 1 and 2, right? Secretaries of snakes were illegitimately circumventing state legislatures. Whereas the use of CIDL election reporting, see, so they've done their homework too. Uh, and whereas there have been dis- deficiencies in CIDL's counting discovered through the United States, and whereas Michigan's Bureau of Elections is a group of appointees not elected by the people, but who nonetheless have been making rogue unilateral decisions without the consensus of the people, whereas uh, Michigan's Bureau of Elections claims there were no internet connections as voting at voting locations, while multiple voters saw and reported internet connections at their polling stations, or locations, uh, whereas through COTS, whereas the Bureau of Elections has been collaborating with far too many state agencies, including but not limited to the SOS, the MDHHS, and others under the guise of those agencies helping to secure our elections, but which unnecessarily and vastly increase the complexity of operations as well as the number of entry points and methods for bad actors to have impacted Michigan's elections through in-house influencer or hacked means. Whereas there is nothing in the Michigan Constitution which provides for other agencies that participated in the 2020 general uh, presidential general election to have been involved with our voting process. And whereas the 2000 Mules documentary using publicly collected evidence of geo-tracking and municipal video uh, surveillance shows election fraud occurring in other uh, American counties during the 2020 presidential election. Yep. So Pegvet, you're right. It does sound like a carbon copy. They just, uh, you know, kind of uh, copy and paste, right? They copied and paste and filled in the blanks. (laughs) Well, hey, don't mean that it's wrong. But yeah, basically, that's why I said we're going to kind of just kind of do a generic overview because a lot of these actually, as as you start to read them all, as you start to read them all, you'll see that, in in fact, yeah, like I said, guys, if... Texas hadn't passed that resolution, the formal resolution. That's where all of these guys are getting their impetus from. If Maricopa County hadn't done it, this is where they're getting the ideas. That's why this is important. That's why all these steps are so important, you know, Uh, and not just sitting around waiting for someone to save us, you know, or or just I don't know. I don't know how else you'd want to put it right. Just watching the sea report and hoping everything will go okay, right? You know, that kind of thing. Anyhow, it says, Now, therefore, be it resolved, the Republican Party of Alcona County, Michigan, formally rejects the certified results of the 2020 presidential general election, and we hold that acting president-select uh, is illegitimate. And uh, let's see here. It looks like they, they, they got some original content here. It says... Uh, And be it further resolved, we ask and encourage the Michigan State Legislature to do everything in its power to dissolve and defund the Bureau of Elections and put the responsibility of election integrity back into the hands of the Michigan Legislature and that the Michigan, I was going to say the Mexican, the Michigan Legislature also do everything in its power to complete all ongoing investigations of the 2020 presidential election, including 
looking into Matthew DiPerno's lawsuit on behalf of Bill Bailey and revisiting the Michigan Senate 2020 report now that new evidence has come to light to ensure no cheating happens in future elections and to make it illegal to use electronic machines for voting in the state of Michigan. And be it further resolved, we strongly urge all Republicans to work to ensure election integrity and correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 presidential general election and be it finally resolved that we encourage every other Republican county party in the state of Michigan and all other states, particularly those that experienced voter fraud and cheating, to issue a similar resolution to reject the 2020 presidential general election results on behalf of the people. That's great stuff right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is some excellent stuff, I gotta tell you. That is some excellent stuff. Amazing. Okay. All right. So there you go. That was for Cass County. Well, that was for Alcona County. But the report is both Cass and Alcona County have moved to decertify. Uh, just so you guys can tell uh, that Cass County is included. Uh, this article here, it's spreading Cass County and Alcona County GOP and Michigan votes to rescind 2020 presidential elections, joining Texas GOP, Maricopa County, Arizona GOP, Montana GOP, and Wisconsin counties. It says here, Cass County and Alcona County, GOP in Michigan voted this week to reject and rescind the 2020 presidential elections. The two Michigan counties joined the Texas GOP, the Maricopa County GOP, Arizona, Montana, and several Wisconsin counties in recognizing the 2020 presidential election was fraudulent and stolen. Recently, Landglade, Winnebago, Iowa, and Calumet counties in Wisconsin voted to decertify uh, voted to the decertification of the 2020 presidential election. Now, I have not been able to find the resolution documents for Winnebago, Iowa, and Calumet counties in Wisconsin. Um, we uh, we read Langlades uh, like a week or two ago. Uh, Republicans in Ravalli and Lewis and Clark counties in Montana rejected the 2020 uh, election results earlier this month. And uh, let's see here. What is this? Uh, a timeline for Michigan on election. Okay, we are, we're not going to go through this about all the TCF drop boxes, the van stuff. We already know about all that stuff. Okay, all right. So, and if you don't know about it, maybe you should get with me after the show. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Office hours are between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. daily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, guys. Where are we at? We got a couple more stories here for you guys today, and then we are going to call tonight's show a wrap. I hope you all had a great time hanging out over at the Sea Report this evening. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to head over to thecereport.com. Head over to thecereport.com, join the mailing list, uh, read the articles, uh, stay abreast on any information that has to do with the show. Um, visit the Mr. C shop, Mr. C TV online merchandise store, where if you enter the promo code 1776reborn, you can get 17% off of all merchandise at the store, and you will also be supporting this broadcast and the work that I do here. You can get to the Shop Mr. C TV online store by going to thecreport.com and clicking on the store tab. And again, ladies and gentlemen, that is over at thecreport.com, promo code 1776reborn. 
Okay, so what's our next story for you guys before we wrap up the night? Fox News 17, West Michigan. So uh, a couple of nights ago, we ran a story about how Michigan uh, accidentally, ladies and gentlemen, accidentally... Oh, uh, one moment real quick. Casual GG17 asks, Mr. C, how many more need to decertify to see action of reversal? Um, actually, we need to see... Um, okay, so uh, two-part question. If you are talking about how many more um, decertification calls we need to see at a state level, that's going to be entirely up to your state legislature. So, uh, for example... With Texas, we have the entire state of Texas's Republican Party calling for decertification for resolution. But Texas has not decertified because we would need a the establishment rhinos in Texas to go along with that resolution and not try and do some kind of optical illusion like a sham forensic audit to make the people of Texas think that they're doing something about election integrity. But then that would have to go into the state legislature. So then you would have to deal with the Democrats, not just the Republicans, to get the decertification, right? So that's at the state level. Um, but in order to get the entire 2020 thing uh, election reversed, uh, depending on which states you're looking at, uh, you just need to recall enough electors uh, to have Ill, uh, illegitimate Joe's um, electoral vote actually be illegitimate. You know what I mean? So that's why they were looking at Pennsylvania. They were looking at Michigan and Arizona because those three, and if not Wisconsin, yeah, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, pick any three of those states, right? And that will remove enough electoral votes to decertify or to nullify uh, illegitimate Joe's um, uh, candidacy or, or presidency, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And yeah, um, Aurelius Locke says, I don't think there will be a reversal. I think it's a unified statement. Yeah, because they still have to go through all of those legislative steps, right? Like Robin Voss says, uh, there's no way to decertify. It's not in the Constitution. Well, they would have to come up with the, 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 the pathway forward, legislatively speaking. So that's still going to be a process, you know? So it's easy to understand why uh, some people would say that decertification will not do anything because look at the process. It could take years. We're already, what, two years past 2020. It could take years. And we haven't even begun the process of actually writing that legislation, you know, or taking a vote even uh, uh, as far as the entire state house is concerned. So, uh, yeah, it's a unified statement. And it's uh, I would say it's these are statements to compel the statewide, uh, you know, county uh, to take it to the legislation, to take it to the lawmakers, both Democrats and anyone who's a lawmaker, right? That's what these unified statements are to compel them. But after that, wherever that goes, it's really going to be up to the people. It's going to be up to us, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I say us with one finger pointing at you and four pointing at me because it is going to be up to us to put the fire underneath our lawmakers, the people who represent you in your districts, the people who represent you in your Senate district and in your uh, your congressional districts, uh, state and federal, it's going to be up to us. Even if you have a Democrat representative or senator, you still have to call them. 
you still have to show up at their office. You still have to handwrite them a letter, you know, uh, to let them know how serious you are. You know, you still need to go and stand outside of their office with signs that say, I'm not leaving until you decertify. <laughs> Hey, casual GG. I, this has been a learning process for me, too. I did not get any civics. I was homeschooled and my parents did not believe in government. <laughs> so I've been learning with you guys about all this stuff, too. It's just I do a lot of reading. So uh, anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, Aurelius Locke says, by then it won't matter. We'll have Congress and the White House. And I love that positive attitude, but I'm still counting on them to steal it. Honestly, I'm counting. I want them to steal it, ladies and gentlemen. I want them to steal it because everyone is watching and everyone is also acting. And when I say everyone, I mean the people that need to be who are doing something about it. It's happening. You know, it's happening. All right, guys. So let's get into the story so we can wrap up the night. I think we'll do this story and we will do. Oh, this is the last story for tonight. Okay, guys. Oh, man, we're going to have some catching up to do. we got to talk about Betsy Davos. We've got to talk about uh, Wisconsin again. Anyhow, uh, so um, a few nights ago, we reported here that uh, out of Michigan, we had uh, news broadcasts uh, that were releasing the results of the GOP primary, even though the primary isn't until next week. Right. Well, we're talking like a few days from now. It's a few days from now, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, no, we, maybe we will do Davos tonight. Maybe we will. We're going to do a little bit of overtime tonight, guys. I would say maybe 15 minutes past uh, the half hour. Uh, so a quarter till we'll probably be off the air because actually the next story is about Michigan and their primaries are on Tuesday. So we better get that tonight and we better get that in tonight, guys. OK, so uh, so um, uh, per the story that we shared regarding uh, Michigan's um, newscasts. Uh, accidentally, they called it human error. It was human error that we accidentally reported the results of the GOP primary and we put all of the establishment candidates in the winning position. Human error. It'll never happen again. It happened again, ladies and gentlemen. It happened again. Needless to say, it happened again. Okay, let's take a look at this article. I think this one's coming from the pundit of the gateway over there in Missouri says here another Michigan news station leaks test GOP primary election results, but tweaked the numbers. What's going on? It says late Sunday night, we broke a story that at least a couple of Michigan news stations had leaked what seemed to be 2022 primary results in Michigan on their website. This explosive revelation went viral online. The next day, the Michigan Department of State released a fact check on the leaked primary numbers. Online sites that regularly spread conspiracy theories, misinformation, and other falsehoods have unsurprisingly seized on this as evidence of something nefarious, when it is nothing more than human error by an organization that has nothing to do with election administration. Fact check. Results, supposed results of the upcoming Michigan primary election on GoOgle are the results of a testing error by a media organization and are not true. 
As mentioned in a follow-up article on Monday, Georgia also had the same issue come up prior to their primary in late May. Following Georgia's Miss Q, Michigan had two stations on Sunday that did the same thing and somehow managed to publish the results live. Despite Channel 3 WWMT's regrettable human error, nothing seems to have been learned from their peers. Two days since that hiccup, we now have a third station publishing its results. According to Justin Barclay, on Tuesday, July 26th, Fox 17 joined a growing list of organizations that have gone live with test election results that use realistic vote totals, accurate candidate names and races, and do not show a disclaimer of any sort suggesting this is a test. Okay, and so there you go. They put Tudor Dixon with a 47% winning the GOP primary. What's particularly interesting about Fox 17 leak is that the numbers have changed. Fact check diversion inbound. Why did Fox 17 get a different set of test numbers from the Associated Press? And why isn't more focus being put on ensuring this data is not published after numerous past blunders as recent as last week? So here we had Fox 17's results. Peter Meyer, 76%. Peter Meyer, 75%. That's from the AP to the Fox comparison here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aurelius Locke says, they say it was a test, but you don't use real candidates in a test. That is potentially influencing and suppressing votes. Yep, you got it, sir. You got it. At some point, someone needs to begin asking serious questions. The data mistakenly being published live is deeply concerning. Much like wildly inaccurate polling data, inaccurate results being posted could deter a voter from supporting a lost cause, such as the perception created that John Gibbs garnered 25% of the vote versus Peter Myers. 75%, who is wildly unpopular with Trump supporters after voting to impeach him as his first official vote in Congress in January 2021. After a disastrous 2020 election that severed the trust in arguably our most significant right, the efforts to ensure the 2022 election goes off without a hitch should be a top priority. With a risk-limiting audit in Michigan in 2020 that only looked at 0.3% of the ballots and hundreds of thousands of dollars spent fighting against a lawsuit to hand-count down ballot races in Antrim County, a county with only approximately 22,000 ballots, the assurances are unlikely to come after the election. So you may better grasp the absurdity of a 0.3% risk-limiting audit considering this. If a bank audits $55,000 worth of $100 bills, they would look at less than two of the $100 bills to ensure the rest are all $100 bills, that, count, that the count is accurate and that each bill is authentic. No bank would ever accept that. Never but Michiganders, and uh, let's face it, in some states, it's less than that, okay? 
Uh, but Mishanders have to. With random shutdowns in the middle of the night, that seemingly biased removal of Republican observers, the uh, boarding up of windows to conceal vote counting, ballot counting for days and weeks after Election Day, trucks delivering ballots with no known chain of custody late into the night, and an insulting 0.3% of ballots audited in Michigan, this is a terrible start to ensuring the 2022 election restores any faith in the voter. And rather than address the issue, the Michigan Department of State has hedged their bets on the disinformation battle cry. So yeah, exactly what Aurelius Locke said there. I mean, if someone goes and sees those live results, you know that there's a bunch of losers out there. They're like, well, why am I going to go vote? Because the person I was going to vote for isn't even going to win. Or those losers who are like, well, my person's going to lose, so I might as well go join the winning team and vote for the winner. Someone who has no integrity, right? So, um, yeah. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's a detrimental. But across the board, you always see stuff like this happening in Michigan. Always. Michigan is so corrupt. It's not even funny, guys. It's not even funny. Okay, let's do our last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, it's a couple of stories in one. Let me tell you what, guys. It's a couple of stories in one. And we're going to stay on the Michigan Focus to close out the evening. Before we do that, though, however, I need to reset my clock. So let me go ahead and do that while you stare into the eyes of President Trump and uh, Betsy DeVos. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all let's just be honest guys the uh january false flag january 6th false flag riots was the perfect exit for all fake Trump supporters. Oh, I'm going to vote to certify. I'm going to vote to uh, send my electoral slate back. Oh, oh, Trump supporters want to break in? Fine. I'll show you, Trump supporters, I'm going to certify these electors. Right? BS, right? They never intended to. And of course, DeVos here, uh, she, she, uh, she, turned her t- she turned her back on Trump as soon as uh, she heard about the insurrection. But uh, let's take a look at this. So right now <clears throat> in Michigan, when we're talking about the power of the Trump endorsement, ladies and gentlemen, apparently there is a power to rival his endorsement. And that 
endorsement is the endorsement of the DeVos family, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, Betsy DeVos and her family are major power players in the political field in the state of Michigan. And according to the articles I was going through today, if you have the blessing of the DeVos family, ladies and gentlemen, you are most likely going to be the chosen candidate or the winning candidate, ladies and gentlemen. It's very interesting, right? So here's where we're going to look at some of those, those, uh, some of the minutia again, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about trying to figure out who's real, real and who's play, play, right? Who's for the real, real and who's for the play, play? Who's the, uh, who's the patriotic American and who is the establishment rhinoceros, right? You know, it's like we saw with Karen Fan in Arizona, Senate President. You look at who they you look at who they endorse. You listening to us, President Trump? You look at who they endorse, okay? Uh, for Karen Fan, Senate President of Arizona, to endorse Carrie Lake's opponent, Karen Robeson, an establishment hack, a rhino, if even that tells you exactly what side of the line someone like Karen Fan stands on. So we're going to go through a few articles here about Betsy DeVos, ladies and gentlemen, because some people are saying she's still good. Some people are saying she's a traitor or a rhino. But then you have to consider who she's also endorsing. Okay, so let's take a look at this first article. This first article comes out of uh, the lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy press. Written by Tom Bagioni, and uh, it kind of sets the stage for what we're going to be getting into. It says here, according to a report from the Detroit News, the fallout that began between Donald Trump and former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos that followed the January 6th insurrection is ongoing as the former president, his words, not mine, and the family of DeVos battle over the GOP nominees and whom they should be. The controversial President Trump cabinet secretary abruptly resigned after the Capitol insurrection, writing in a letter that the Trump supporters' violence was unconscionable for our country, while calling out the president's comments about the riot as the inflection point for me. Back in her native Michigan, where wealthy family wields where her wealthy family wields massive political influence political action committees associated with the DeVos family have backed eight candidates on the nine races who are facing opposition from candidates hand picked by president trump now i really need to go find out who the rest i know who a couple of them are i don't know who all of them are guys but if DeVos is backing someone against Caramo and DePerno, ooh, Betsy, y'all better look out, Betsy. The, the Patriots of Michigan are not going to put up with that, right? So it says here, as Craig Amoger wrote, Michigan's August 2nd primary election could test the influence of former President Donald Trump's endorsement against the experience and campaign operations of the DeVos family, a longtime force within the state Republican politics. So that's, that's telling you something, right, guys? That is telling you something about 
establishment rhinos. In fact, we haven't done it once yet today's episode, but in regards to Betsy DeVos, ladies and gentlemen, can you tell me what season it is? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's rhino hunting season from the White House to the State House. We ain't finished yet. Back to the article. It says here, members of the DeVos family have been among the battleground state's largest political donors for a decade and have prioritized maintaining GOP control of the legislature. Meanwhile, Trump was actively engaged in Michigan races this year, backing some of his most ardent supporters who have emphasized unproven claims of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. According to one GOP campaign consultant, the former president may suffer a series of losses in the state because he can't or won't compete with the DeVos family's firepower. Trump is Trump. But only so much of that can be transferred from one candidate to other candidates, explained Scott Hagerstrom, who admitted that he is a supporter of former President Donald Trump. Interesting, huh? So that kind of sets the stage for the next couple of articles as we'll be talking about the Trump-DeVos debacle as far as Michigan GOP primary endorsements and races go. Ladies and gentlemen... Next article comes to us out of the National Review. Now, this is from the National Review, and this is actually an article that's going to put a positive spin on the DeVos family. So let's take a look at it, right? A DeVos endorsement is no defect. Bum! It's a man! It says here, With Michigan's August 2nd primary right around the corner, Candidates for the Republican gubernatorial nomination to unseat Democrat incumbent wretched Gretchen Whitmer have been ramping up their condemnations of one another. One unfortunate line of attack has been the endorsement that candidates have received. Former President Donald Trump, their words not mine, has not made an official pick in the race thus far. So the most important endorsements have has come from... The most important endorsement has come from his Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. She and her family, a political powerhouse in Michigan, threw their support behind Tudor Dixon, a former businesswoman and political commentator of whom Trump has spoken kindly. Dixon's opponents have latched on to DeVos's support and funding for her. In a recent ad, Kevin Rinke, who has the most to spend on the campaign, blasted Dixon as being endorsed by the rhino establishment's leading never-Trumpers and compared her to those who say anything to win President Trump's support, then betray him when it matters most, showing DeVos's face along with those of Mitt Romney Adam Kinsinger, and Lizard Cheney. The latter three have not endorsed Dixon. In a debate earlier in the month, month, Garrett Soldano, who gained notoriety for pushing back against Wittmer's draconian pandemic policies, accused Dixon of being bought and paid for because the DeVos empire supported her. 
Dixon has attempted to counter these attacks. She received backlash for a now-deleted tweet noting that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has received hundreds of thousands of dollars in support from the DeVos family, arguing that it does not make him a rhino. Although Dixon was mocked for her tweet, she was right to defend herself. DeVos and her family have done a serious amount of good for Michigan and the country. DeVos has long been an advocate of school choice policies in the state. All the way back in 2000, she supported a ballot proposal that would have allowed private school vouchers had it been approved. She also worked with her Great Lakes Education Project throughout the early 2010s to lift the cap on charter schools that are allowed in Michigan. Her successful career caught the incoming Trump administration's attention after the 2016 election. DeVos then became Secretary of Education, where she moved to undo the kangaroo courts on college campuses created by the Obama administration, which violated the due process rights of students accused of sexual assault. In the summer of 2020, several university presidents parroted left-wing talking points of institutional racism, claiming that their own colleges were racist. DeVos made them put their money where their mouths are, investigating them for their own claims of racism. DeVos has a history of pushing for conservative policies, and she has been successful in doing so. Now she apparently sees a candidate in Tudor Dixon who can put in place similar policies. Dixon is not a perfect person or candidate by any measures, but her opponents should attack her based on her legitimate flaws, not, be, be, not for being supported by one of the most successful political families in Michigan. Education will surely be an important issue for the state in 2022, with other states such as Arizona leading the way on school choice. Michigan Republicans should not be trying to discredit DeVos, a person who has achieved countless successes on the issue. Now, I told you guys that was going to be a positive article about DeVos. Now, let's get to the counter article to this article, ladies and gentlemen. And it goes this way. Never Trump Michigan establishment cheating for two-door Dixon for governor. Hmm, let's see what this is about, ladies and gentlemen. It says, The governor's primary race among Republicans in Michigan has been going on for a year. The election is on August 2nd. And while Michigan conservatives are waiting to vote for one candidate, the elite donor class in the Republican Party is busy taking away choices from the voters using dirty tricks, litigation, bureaucrats, and selectively enforced rules to make their choice. Almost every rhino in Michigan has unified behind Tudor Dixon as their choice, even though she is not supported by the Michigan grassroots and has not been a prolific fundraiser. Rhinos such as Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, former Michigan Governor John Engler, and the Never Trump DeVos family. The Never Trump Coalition pushing Tudor Dixon for governor is the same coalition that tried to push Tom Leonard for Attorney General last April, who lost to Trump-endorsed champion Matthew DePerno. Earlier this year, the Michigan Board of Canvassers disqualified multiple strong Republican candidates for governor. They disqualified the then-poll frontrunner former Detroit Police Chief James Craig, 
as well as the candidate with the most cash on hand, Perry Johnson, as well as Captain Mike Brown, financial consultant Mike Markey, and billionaire Donna Brandenburg, who still has a lawsuit pending. The five disqualified candidates were taken out by the Michigan Board of Canvassers. The two Republican appointees on the Board of Canvassers were Tony Daunt and Norm Schinkel. Both Daunt and Schinkel are longtime paid staffers for Never Trump DeVos organizations. The Board of Canvassers was the entity that certified the 2020 presidential vote in Michigan, despite ample evidence of voter fraud that went uninvestigated and unheard by official entities in Michigan. Daunt resigned this past April in a temper tantrum blaming Trump for promoting delusional lies about the election. Daunt has been the longtime head of the Freedom Fund, an, enti an entity entirely funded by the DeVos family that has been sending attack ads and mailers against Trump-endorsed candidates across Michigan. The Never Trump DeVos family told several candidates, including Trump-endorsed Kevin Rathbun, that they would never support them because they were too pro-Trump and had vocally supported a full forensic audit. The DeVos family, ladies and gentlemen. It's a man, baby! Never Trump Michigan Republican donor Betsy DeVos who betrayed Trump by resigning in protest after the January 6th false flag riots at the Capitol and supporting Trump's impeachment and removal from office. Back in May, the Never Trump DeVos family was recruiting and promoting Republicans who were pro-voter fraud and anti-forensic audit. They were recruiting big donors to fight all the Trump-endorsed candidates across Michigan. They brought in Mike Pence to headline a fundraiser for their anti-Trump candidates. Oh, these are really good articles to... Uh, I'm going to pull these up for, for future reading, ladies and gentlemen. Or maybe I'll just submit them to uh, the Wayback Machine, right? This one's not going to be free. That one's behind a paywall. Anyhow, uh, for the uh, podcast audience, I'm just opening links. That's all I'm doing. Okay, back to the article. The article says, The DeVos family has also been busy recruiting precinct delegates to take over the Michigan Republican Party, including delegates who are Democrats and others who have pledged to never vote for Republican, Republicans for governor. Taking over the Republican Party is more important to the Never Trumpers than electing actual Republicans. And uh, here is a twat uh, that states, if any of my Byron Center friends get this flyer in the mail today, I want to be very clear. I did not give this group permission to put my name on this, nor would I have, nor would I if I was asked. I am running as a Republican precinct delegate to try and fix this party but also as a Republican, hanging on by a very short string, I will be voting for wretched Gretchen Whitmer as well as some Republican candidates in November. If the Republican Party can bring forth better gubernatorial candidates in 2026, I would gladly support them. This person is a moron! Alicia Adriance Manelli, Manili, she's an idiot! Yeah, I don't usually like to get too pejorative, ladies and gentlemen, but come on. 
She really thinks that uh, she really thinks that Wretched Gretchen Whitmer was that great. That is a that's a stretch, ladies and gentlemen. That is a stretch. Anyhow, uh oh, hold on. Looks like my computer's frozen. So how are you guys doing tonight? We're just about done with tonight's episode. As soon as my computer stops being frozen. Oh boy, man, who, who would have known? All of this information about DeVos guys, all just laying out there, all just waiting for us to figure it out. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, is it moving yet? It's not moving. Move! Oh, you know what? I bet you it's because I opened up all of those tabs. Okay. Let's see if I can get these gears grinding. Oh, not responding. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, very, very interesting. I'm going to close that window. Uh, but yeah, so apparently there is an entire body. No, we're not going to wait for the program to respond. Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, there is an entire family of rhinos in the state of Michigan who are working against the Republican Party. But you know, this idiot here, this Adrian Minnelli, I don't know what my computer is doing. <laughs> For those of you on the podcast, uh, all the screens just went blank. Oh, 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 we're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. I believe we're back. Awesome. Okay, so as I was saying, as this, uh, as this, uh, this, this individual here, Alicia, was saying... That uh, she's still going to be run. She's going to be voting for wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Okay, they're trying to fix the party, you know. And here's some more of that. Look at that. So here's the flyer. Here's the flyer that she was telling her friend. Okay, because the flyer said the this note says, if any of my friends get this flyer in the mail today, I want to be very clear. I did not give this group permission to put my name on this, nor would I have asked. Here's what the flyer says. Alicia Minnelli, make me your Republican delegate to county convention. America first, conservative Republican, boots on the ground to defeat wretched Gretchen Whitmer to defeat Jocelyn Benson, to defeat wretched Dana Nacelle. Wow, that's pretty bad, guys. Man. Don't vote for Alicia Manili. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, whatever precinct she's in. Okay. It says, Now the Never Trump DeVos faction has been courting President Trump to get him to endorse in the Michigan's race, Michigan governor's race. Amazingly, they were very close to fooling Trump and getting a Dixon endorsement. In the Michigan media, they treated a Trump endorsement of Dixon as a far-gone conclusion. Jace Bolger, called the gatekeeper to the DeVos family, were bragging around the Michigan Capitol that Dixon was getting the Trump endorsement on Tuesday. And when that did not happen, it was then supposed to happen on Wednesday, both of which never happened. Never Trump DeVos employees Jace Bolger, former Michigan House Speaker and reported gatekeeper to DeVos funds. Oh, that's a picture of him right there, Jace Bolger. 
Uh, sources close to the Saldano campaign say there was a recent effort to bring governor candidate Garrett Saldano to Trump that was abruptly canceled at the last minute. Trump is reportedly personally interested in both Garrett Soldano and Ryan Kelly. These meetings were canceled because the Never Trump DeVos interests were busy preparing a Dixon endorsement. Dixon was lining up the endorsement by pushing and promoting fake polls. The Tudor Dixon campaign was showing President Trump an unreliable poll from one of Dixon's consultants, Steve Mitchell of Mitchell Research and Communications, showing Dixon at 26% with an 11-point lead over their competitors. The argument from the Dixon campaign was that Trump should endorse the inevitable front-runner now, with less than three weeks, and uh, it's actually less than a week, before the election. <coughs> Excuse me. The rumors in Lansing are that the Detroit News is purposefully suppressing and sitting on their own polling, showing that Dixon is in last place in the governor's race. Their motives is to cater to the powerful, never Trump DeVos family who control a great deal of political spending in the state. Detroit News reporter Craig Moger has told Lansing insiders that this Detroit News poll exists, but that the publication his own employer is sitting in sitting on releasing the poll results. The suppressed Detroit News poll shows Ryan Kelly in first place with Tudor Dixon in fourth place. Meanwhile, the liberal media is suppressing their own poll results in order to pressure Trump to select Tudor Dixon as the Republican nominee. Meanwhile, a more reliable poll has been commissioned by another governor candidate, Kevin Rinke, conducted by the Strategy Group Company, if you see a torch, run away. That polls show a wide open field for the Michigan governor's primary race among Republicans. The results of the Rinky poll shows Kevin Rinky at 19%, Garrett Saldano at 13%, Tudor Dixon at 17%, Ryan Kelly at 15%, some other Republican 18%, and Unsure at 18%. Rinky, who is a billionaire, has also gone negative on Tudor Dixon's connections to the Never Trump DeVos family. Reportedly, Trump saw that saw this Rinky ad on the golf course and was furious that he was about to endorse Tudor Dixon and was being lied to by Never Trump DeVos allies. You guys want to see it? I kind of want to see it. This is a pundit article. Uh, let's find out if we have this ad here to view. Yes, Gateway Pundit, you are the most trusted news this side of the uh, arches, right? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Where's it at? Oh, here we go. Okay. Ooh, we're going to actually have a video today. Let's check out the video that pissed off Trump, right? It ruined, it ruined his golf game, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it probably didn't. If anything, it probably made him more focused. Uh, but let's check this out. This looks like it could be an interesting, uh, interesting thing to see. So again, reportedly Trump saw this rinky ad on the golf course and was furious that he was about to endorse Tudor Dixon. So let's check this out. Fine, we'll go to YouTube. We'll go to Suzanne Tube. Here we go, guys. Let's check this out. Everybody loves me. Ah! Who the heck is that? <laughs> no, not everyone loves pizza. At least, unless you're not a pedophile. Anyways, okay, enough about that. Uh, here's the ad, guys.
We've seen it before. Establishment Republicans like Tudor Dixon, who say anything to win President Trump's support, then betray him when it matters most. Yep, that's Tudor Dixon. She claims to be for Trump, but she's been endorsed by the rhino establishment's leading never-Trumpers. Worse, Tudor Dixon has taken millions from the same billionaires who tried to illegally remove Trump from office. You can't trust rhinos who betray President Trump. You can't trust Tudor Dixon. You, whoops, you can't trust Tudor Dixon. So uh, that, that set off President Trump on the golf course. Very, very interesting. Very interesting that. Just wanted to see it real quick. All right, guys, let's finish up this article. This is a very interesting article, guys, right? This is some of that, uh, that some political, um, some political inside baseball that uh, we are not always privy to unless someone is privy to it. Okay, let's pop this baby back on the screen. Bam! All right, article concludes, ladies and gentlemen. Article concludes. Thank you. All right, here we go. Do you like my sound effects today, y'all? So it says here. Ooh, what's that? Okay. It's, <laughs> it says here, Michigan consultant John Yob, who worked on the governor races of two of the disqualified candidates, told the Gateway Pundit, President Trump is far more intelligent than the establishment rhinos who try to manipulate the process and who won't be tricked or trapped into endorsing their own candidates. The media is mentioning a change in governor's race is, is mentioning a change in the governor's race without actually showing or linking to Rinky's ad, so they can continue to prop up Dixon. As you can see here by shameless hack Michigan reporter Craig Moger talking about the race without linking to Rinky's ad. The media also covers uh, for the fact that Tudor Dixon starred in a softcore, pornographic, lesbian, vampire, low-budget movie in the past decade. That's why I said I need to put 10 years between me and my past before I run for office, y'all. Anyways, because then something like this is going to come up. <laughs> the clips have all been removed from YouTube and elsewhere online. Thankfully, your crack TGP researcher team... You don't want to use a word like crack, okay? <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Anyways, they made backups. So there is Tudor Dixon as the... Um, what was it again? As the low-budget, soft-core, pornographic, lesbian vampire. <laughs> Oh, look at those child chompers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, the media also covers up whether Tudor Dixon is still married to her husband. Dixon touts her four daughters regularly on the campaign trail, but never talks about her husband or her marriage. Her husband is never in pictures or otherwise mentioned in any campaign ad materials. According to her fellow churchgoers, the couple is planning to quickly divorce in the near future. The Michigan primary is in 18, well, it's on August 2nd, ladies and gentlemen, man, what a way to close the show off, ladies and gentlemen, with a softcore lesbian vampire porn. <laughs> I'm like, hey, crack TGP team, what's the name of the movie? 
some people in my audience might want to know. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for tonight here at the Sea Report. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. I hope it was informative, if not at least somewhat entertaining. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, long about 3 p.m., for another edition of Lone Star News to be followed by another episode of the Sea Report at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you all there, present and accounted for, if not in body, at least in spirit. Uh, again, please check out thecreport.com, click on store, and visit the Shop Mr. C TV online merchandise store, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, take a look. While you're there, if you are able to and you so desire, use promo code 1776REBORN, get 17% off any single piece of merchandise in that store, unlimited, right? You can get as many items as you'd like. Each of them will be 17% off with promo code 1776REBORN at thecreport.com. Click on store. Do it tonight. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Just uh, do it, ladies and gentlemen. Take a gander. Let me know what you think about all the designs. And uh, rest assured, there's some new designs in the work. I, th I mean, there's at least five new ideas that are brewing for the Shop Mr. C online store. All right, guys, we've spent enough time. We've gone into overdrive. We've done some good digging and we've dispensed some good information. I think I will rest easy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So until tomorrow, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. Take care. Let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say, because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald man talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. We're sorry, the number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory's proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair, but how do you stand to the blow that is struck, and how do you battle despair? A fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear, and it's easy to see the way out 
but the test of a man's judgment is something to fear. And what does he do when in doubt? And the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast. It's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin, unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.